This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Welcome to the show. A little later on, we're going to chat with Alex Lane, a Prince George Fire Center information officer with the BC Wildfire Service, all about the seemingly early start to wildfire season that we're seeing in the peace and beyond, and how you can help prevent forest fires. But first, to talk all about fires and fire prevention here in Fort St. John, we're joined now by Fort St. John Fire Department Deputy Chief Matt Troyano. Uh, Troyano. Matt, welcome uh, to Moose Talks. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I even practiced your name right before it, we go on. You know what? It happens. Duffed it. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's kind of start with what's been in the news recently. Um, you guys have had to put down a couple grass fires in the last week. Uh, this paired, of course, with the wildfire in Charlie Lake and other fires starting last weekend when it's not even really May yet. Uh, this has been top of mind for a lot of people in social media and whatnot. So... What are you seeing out there in general terms about increased fire activity kind of within Fort St. John and and your jurisdiction? Yeah, well, I mean, you can just look out the window and see the amount of smoke that we have here in the city. Uh, um, Seeing on the news, there's there's, uh, wildfires that are rampant all through uh, Alberta. And then as well as earlier on this week, uh, we got a bit of a taste of it up here. So... um, it is unseasonably high temperatures for the beginning of May. We're, we're seeing temperatures, uh, well, as typical in Fort St. John, we're going to skip spring and go right into summer. So the impact with that and with minimal rain, um, we have really warm, dry conditions out there. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're definitely seeing the impact of that with our, our crews responding to fires. Um, grass fires, brush fires, nuisance fires mm-hmm. uh, have, been, have been quite uh, frequent as mm-hmm. of the past uh, couple of weeks here. Now, in the case of the wildfire service, they suspect all of the fires that have been out have been uh, human caused. Is that sort of the case that you've you've seen as well? Like just lit cigarette or something just starting up? Yeah, I mean, typically at this time of year, anything that would be natural cause, you're looking at lightning strikes. We haven't had any yeah. any rain or lightning, so um, I would say that's accurate. Everything is is uh, is human caused. Um, just as an example, last night our crews were out multiple times for brush fires, burning complaints. Wow. Um, we were in community trails. Uh, there's, uh, there's people having campfires in that area there. Um, so we are seeing a, a large increase in these types of calls right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we're trying to take measures to kind of curb that. Okay. Now, speaking of those measures, um, we did note that uh, Chetwin's department issued a partial fire ban recently. How do you determine when it's time to maybe look at that for Fort St. John? As you said, the conditions are really ripe for fires right now. Is that something that's on the table right now that's being discussed? So, uh, I mean, every municipality, every jurisdiction has different guidelines for what's going to uh, spur them to make those considerations. We look uh, largely at BC Wildfire. So um, just for some context for that, we are in the Prince George Fire District. And a lot of those burn bans or anything that gets uh, initiated as far as burn restrictions will come from them and we look for them for that now as i said earlier um, municipalities have their right to be able to manage how they're going to do that um, chetwin has one way of doing it us here in fort st john we certainly have another way mm-hmm. uh, we have our fire prevention bylaw that stipulates what can be burned how big it can be burned and that's that's enforced all year round mm-hmm. um, i mean in conjunction with having a 
fully staffed uh, fire department, career fire department, that we're able to respond to these things at any point in the day. It helps with us being able to make more considerations for those measures that might be necessary. Mm-hmm. Well, the fire center uh, has announced there's going to be a Category 2 burn ban, uh, uh, fire ban, I should say, that's going to start at noon, I yep. think, today. So when you see that happen, is is that something, um, as you say, you kind of look to the BC Wildfire Service kind of to, an, maybe initiates the wrong word, but you see that coming down as that uh, kind of a moment where you and the other chiefs go, okay, well, maybe we have to look at putting a ban in place in town or well you know so bc wildfire by all means anything wildfire anything in that regard they are the experts for this so we absolutely lean on them for um for their their expertise and being able to to drive those decisions now as far as in the city of fort st john in our fire prevention bylaw um there is only cooking size fires that are actually permitted within the city limits so we're talking backyard cooking fire clean burning fuel that's it. Category two burn bans, that's more focused on the larger outlying uh, properties that, um, you know, typical in this time of year, we have uh, farmers or people that have large properties on the outskirts of town wanting to burn off their fields. Mm -hmm. And that's a large uh, contributor to these human caused fires is people that want to, in years past, uh, the, the, uh, amount of humidity would allow them to be able to make these burns and they'd be uh, allowed to do so. But mm-hmm. enforcing a Category 2 burn, it's going to eliminate that possibility because we've already seen uh, the impacts of what can happen um, multiple times in this past week. Mm-hmm. And even looking into the weekend, given the the temperatures, uh, the relative humidity, which is extremely low for this time of year, uh, this is a this is a big concern for our region for um, the spread of brush of, uh, fires and wildfires mm-hmm. uh, you kind of already have mentioned it now jurisdictionally how does it work between you and the the fire department yeah. and the bc wildfire service because you know again it's in charlie lake or, or north of charlie lake where that fire happened the other day yeah. but if something was close to fort st john what, kind of how does that work between the two jurisdictions of who's in charge of what and and kind of what happens okay so we have our uh we have our city limits and we have our uh, fire protection area mm-hmm. so that's going to be the city limits as well as there's an area to the north to the east and to the south that would be classified as the peace river regional district but the city of fort st john uh, provides fire uh, protection for those areas mm-hmm. now anything within our city limits we have jurisdiction for we are in control of that entirely if uh, if there's some circumstances that say uh, where uh, our resources are spread a, a little bit thin then we can uh, ask for assistance from wildfire but typically anything that's outside of our responses area that is going to be either the neighboring jurisdictions or it's going to be bc wildfire that takes care of that um but having said that we have a really good relationship with bc wildfire um uh, many of our firefighters here in the fort st john fire department are trained up for wildland urban interface type uh type firefighting tactics so Mm -hmm. we take this uh very seriously and our crews are out constantly preparing for this to keep our community safe okay so they they're they're trained up to be able to assist in this situation if something happens close by Absolutely. I mean, we we typically, um, so over the past, uh, I guess, really since late, well, 2018, I guess, maybe a mm-hmm. little bit sooner than that, we've been deploying to help uh, with provincial wildfires quite consistently. And um, although we don't really have a large uh, wildfire hazard for the city of Fort St. John, uh, it's abundantly clear that our, our neighbours, um, specifically Charlie Lake, 
uh, or in the Peace River Regional District, as well as some other uh, areas up the highway and north of here, uh, they have a very large wildfire uh, concern. So um, our members, we have uh, brush fire fighting uh, capabilities, and we're all trained and uh, capable of being able to support uh, where needed. So as an example, with the wildland fire up the highway there, um, a couple of nights ago. So with our mutual aid with Charlie Lake, we were able to go out there and provide some assistance to get them through the, uh, the high end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm almost hesitant to ask this cause I don't want to like jinx anything, <laughs> but uh, you say the city of Fort St. John generally doesn't have uh, as high of a, you know, wildfire sort of, yeah. uh, rating, I guess, as kind of the surrounding area. Can you kind of explain why that is? And I asked because I remember, the fire that decimated Fort McMurray yep. seven, eight years ago now, whatever it was. Um, is that a unique situation where a fire comes into a city and, and does that? Or is there something about a city that makes it a little more, other than the fire department, of course, um, uh, kind of a protection against fire yep. spreading in the same way that it does in a wildland kind of situation. So I guess before we dive too deep into this, this is a good plug for um, for Fire Smart BC. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm sure that wildfire, when you spoke with them, they're going to talk about it a bit as well. Uh, but fire smarting your areas, particularly the areas that are outside the city limits, uh, ones that have some some property, that is uh, the the minimum that we can ask the homeowners to do to help protect their property so that we have a chance of protecting theirs. Mm-hmm. Now, in regards to um, the, say, the, the risk to the city of Fort St. John, comparative to Fort Mac, um, Fort Mac is butted right up against uh, a dense forest yeah. area. We're mm-hmm. talking coniferous forests, uh, coniferous trees that, that burn at a much higher rate than, say, deciduous trees. Um, but th- when we talk wildland-urban interface, uh, the forested area is all right next to the highway, right next to the town. The, the houses are built so close together these days. So um, given the right conditions, or I guess the wrong conditions, that can be a huge factor in how a municipality can can fare in, in, that, uh, in that occasion. Now, as far as the city of Fort St. John goes... Um, we have uh, typically we have we have uh, grass fields. We have we have uh, yeah. fields that surround us. Yes, we do have some forested areas like in Matthews Park or Concord Park. Um, uh, those are not so much of large concern because they are in a confined area. Now, the area I would say the highest risk area would be the community trails uh, mm-hmm. that we have there. It is we do have some houses that are uh, within that. So you know take precautions for that as well as um, we need to help encourage these uh, the nuisance fires to, to stop uh, in that area. We still find that there are people uh, that are going into those trails and having campfires. Like yeah. I said, yesterday, prime example, we came out and then there was a, uh, there was a porta potty that was lit on fire uh, right next to it wow. too. So we are seeing, uh, we are seeing this increased type of activity, um, which given the the circumstances with the temperature and again the lower relative humidity that's out there uh it's a much larger concern and it's spreading our resources quite thin mm-hmm. all right well i mean that leads to my kind of final question what what can we be doing more of and and better to make sure that we prevent fires whether it's happening you know just outside the city or within um from happening and spreading okay so i mean you know the the classic is just well, first of all, the category uh, two burns going into place uh, yeah. today. So, so don't try that. and skirt yeah. that, <laughs> right? Uh, any type of burning that you need to do, you need to get a permit from BC Wildfire anyways. You need to make sure that the burning index is correct. 
as you can see out there, it's not good right now. We're, yeah. We have a lot of smoke everywhere. Um, but I guess in, in regards to, say, more towards the citizens here, um, when we have, we're talking cooking size fires. We're talking your your burn pit in your backyard. It's a, it's a good confined area. Keep some water nearby. Make sure that you're safe. Clean burning fuel. So no leaves. Don't create a lot of smoke and smoke out your neighbors. We want to make sure that everybody's able to continue to enjoy this time of year, and especially going into the summer. If we're seeing burn bans now, then um, hopefully we get some rain, but this could be a taste of what's yet to come continuing yeah. forward. Um, I'd say that, I mean, fireworks is a no-brainer as well. Those are strictly prohibited here in, in the city of Fort St. John, and those can cause some concerns. Um, but every single year... Uh, we respond to multiple fires, some se- quite severe for um, inappropriately disposed of smoking materials. Mm. So that planter box that's right next to your door after you uh, have a cigarette is not the place to put it. And I'm telling you, we say this and um, and uh, every single year uh, we, we respond to house fires that uh, are those types of fires that are re, uh, reigniting. So try and stay safe out there. I mean, you know, it is the beginning of May. We want people to enjoy this spring, summer. We want to be able to have those, uh, you know, those get-togethers in our backyards and um, just do so safely so that it's making our job a bit easier because, yes, we're seeing a significant increase in our call volume uh, for the fire department, and we're trying to stay on top of it. All right, Matt. Well, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat with us about this today. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. You're very welcome. That's uh, Matt Troiano, the uh, deputy, one of the deputy chiefs of the Fort St. John Fire Department. We'll be right back to talk to Alex Lane with the BC Wildfire Service right after this on Moose Talks. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dub Craig. Now, of course, it has seemed to feel like a very early start to wildfire season this year. So to chat a bit about the situation uh, in the peace and the province and also the Prince George Fire Center, uh, we sat down to chat with Alex Lane, a fire information officer with uh, the Prince George Fire Center a little earlier on. Here is that conversation. Alex, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us today. Thanks for having me. So uh, we wanted to start talking about last year's fires because, of course, there was a significant one at Hudson's Hope, the Battleship Mountain one. Um, In comparison to sort of years past, how would you say that one kind of fared? And even just fires in the peace and the Prince George Fire Center in general, are they getting bigger and sort of harder to contain than ever before? Or is that just kind of the perception? So the Battleship Mountain Wildfire um, is about 35,000 hectares. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the largest fire in the Dawson Creek zone. Um, the next largest that we had uh, was 33,500 hectares, um, followed by uh, 26,000. Fire. Those were both in 2014. Um, so the Battleship Mountain, like I said, is the largest fire we've had in uh, the Dawson Creek Zone and the second largest fire that we've had in the Prince George Fire Centre in recent history. Um, so we are seeing um, some larger fires on the landscape. Now is, is, I mean, is that something like we're seeing just as a trend then, like kind of in general over, say, the past decade or something like that? Or is it, would you say it's an anomaly that they seem to be getting bigger recently? 
Uh, I think part of that might be perception. Like I said, the, the second largest were both in 2014, um, so almost 10 years ago. Uh, the largest fire we did have in the Prince George Fire Centre was just over 35,000 hectares, and that was in 2015. Mm -hmm. So we certainly do have a history of larger fires on the landscape in this area. Okay. Well, then let's kind of look forward to this here because, uh, I mean, as we all know, it, it started. It's underway. Um, in general, uh, if we could talk about the wildfire forecast, you know, for BC, for the Prince George Fire Center and the Peace, how, how, how are things looking this year? What, what's kind of the expectation if, if you have one? So what we're seeing right now, especially in the Prince George Fire Center here um, and in the Dawson Creek zone, the Fort St. John zone, the Peace area, we're currently in what we call spring dip. And this happens basically um, before trees start to really bring up water again. Um, trees are really quite dry. The grass is really dry before that um, turns green. So we're in the spring dip, which means that we're seeing quite a few grass fires. And this is typical of this area for this time of year. Um, in terms of predicting for the province, in terms of predicting for Prince George Fire Center, um, it will really depend on how much precipitation we get in June um, for the rest of what fire season will look like. So it's it's too hard to tell right now. Um, we'll have to see how June pans out. Um, but what we are seeing right now in this, what we call spring dip, um, is fairly common in this area with that grass fire hazard. Now, is that kind of this, the case for every year or does the snowpack and, and sort of the melt and all that have something to do with how dry and, and kind of how much fuel there is for fires as well? Yeah, the snowpack does play into it and how quickly that snowpack is melting. Um, as we've seen this year, the temperature got really quite warm very quickly. We're seeing temperatures well above seasonal, um, and that has caused uh, the snowpack to melt quite a bit more quickly. And we haven't really seen any major precipitation precipitation in the last little while here in the Prince George Fire Center. So those things are contributing to these dry fuels. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you, you kind of already brought it up. We've seen some grass fires, certainly in Fort St. John. I think um, firefighters here put two out uh, just the other day, actually. And uh, as I mentioned, 10 fires started over the, you know, the weekend. We have the Charlie Lake fire that started yesterday uh, just before 4 p.m. and was you know, big, uh, you know, several hours later. Um, in terms of the start and how quickly it seems to be ramping up here this year, how unusual is that? And did that, did that really catch you guys off guard that suddenly, oh, oh, it's happening now, even though wildfire season literally just started, like, on, on May 1st? Yeah, I think um, what we're seeing, like I said, in terms of that spring dip and the grass fire hazard is something that we do often see in this area. Um, if you remember, the Bobtail Lake fire in 2015 was kind of during the same time period. Mm -hmm. So we certainly do and did have resources on standby ready to go to be responding to grass fires. Um, what I think is unusual this time of year is those temperatures. So we have been seeing temperatures about 10 degrees above normal. Um, so it is really just drying out fuels a lot more quickly. And I think that is taking people off 
off guard. Mm -hmm. um, so people who are trying to do their backyard burning, people who are trying to um, reduce some of that uh, hazard on their own land, um, I think are kind of expecting the conditions we usually get this time of year where we still have a little bit of snow on the ground um, and where they're able to do that clearing. But with the conditions we're seeing right now, um, you know, fires are getting away. Mm -hmm. Now, the uh, reports suggest that they think these fires have all been human-caused. Is that, again, something that doesn't surprise you given the time of year? It's kind of too early for lightning strikes. And is it frustrating to sort of have to say, yeah, it, a human being caused this in some way, whether it was a mistake or intentional or carelessness maybe might be a better word. Uh, what's kind of your take on that and the fact that these all seem to be human-caused? Yeah, so we do have the majority of the fires within the Prince George Fire Center right now categorized as human caused. Um, the exact cause is under investigation for most of those fires, and a few are undetermined. Um, what we're seeing is, especially we do have like forecasted lightning coming up this weekend, but what we see right now with the conditions is that the lightning um, basically conditions have to be very specific for lightning to be causing wildfire. Um, and we're not quite into those conditions yet up here in the north. Mm -hmm. um, so the fires that we do have are human-caused. Um, and human-caused wildfires are entirely preventable. So they do take resources away from existing wildfires um, and cause kind of what we're seeing right now, where we do have quite a few fires on the landscape in the Prince George Fire Center. Mm -hmm. is, is it a, sort of a matter of if it's not lightning the assumption is then it has to be human cause. Is that sort of how you determine it? Or is there more that kind of goes into it before you've investigated kind of the cause fully that suggests to you that it, it's human caused? There is uh, more that goes into it. So when we say suspected human cause, what that means is that our crews have shown up on site. They've done like a very initial assessment of what they think may have caused it. Um, and then we, uh, we'll do kind of a deeper investigation. Um, in a human cause case, we can try and find to, um, you know, if a person did start it intentionally, we can try and track that down. Um, but yes, there is kind of a deeper investigation that goes into determining whether it was human or natural. Lightning is not the only natural cause. Um, there is spontaneous combustions for things like hay bales that does sometimes start fires. Um, so that's kind of why we don't talk about the cause right away is that there is an investigation that goes into this and quite a bit of work to figure out what exactly caused the fire. Mm -hmm. And I guess my next question is when, when you see a trend of human caused fires like this, is there a reaction you have in the service where you say, okay, we really need to really double down on education about prevention tips and whatnot? Is there something else that kind of happens, whether it's operationally or, you know, procedurally that, that suggests you, we, there, there's our role to play in this, that maybe we need to be doing a lot more of it because suddenly all these fires have started. And we suspect they're human cause, or again, is this, really not surprising to you that this is sort of the case at least so far 
So what we're doing in response to um, these potentially human-caused fires is we are implementing a Category 2 open fire prohibition. Mm -hmm. That comes into place as of noon tomorrow. So basically what's within our power to start to mitigate these fires because we have these higher temperatures, these low relative humidity um, humidities in the Prince George Fire Center, and we are seeing this uptick in fire activity in the area. Um, we're trying to do our part in reducing those potential human-caused starts um, so that prohibition will come into place tomorrow at noon, and then we work with compliance and enforcement um, to enforce that. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time talking about just the kind of the dryness of the fuel. What else makes for a high fire kind of danger? What what are kind of the conditions that make this so that fire? It, it makes it so kind of ideal for fires to start and spread quickly. So the BC Wildfire Service uses enforced fire danger rating system. So this is a uh, rating system that is used across Canada, um, and it takes into account temperature, which we've talked about. We're seeing those really high temperatures for this time of year, um, especially in the Peace region. It takes into account relative humidity. Um, so if a fuel has more humidity in it, it's less, less likely to ignite. Um, takes into account wind speed and wind direction. So mm -hmm. wind has um, the power to dry out those fuels. And then if a fire does ignite, has the power to drive those fires. All right, and finally, we've got just like a minute or two left here. I wanted to ask you what we can do, property owners getting ready kind of for spring, summer, who who say, I want to make sure that my maybe my property is protected from fires that might happen, or I want to make sure I'm doing my part and being certain that I'm not the cause of one of these fires. What can we and should we be doing? Absolutely. So there are a number of things that you can do that don't involve burning. Um, so going to firesmart.ca, um, learning things as a homeowner that you can do, um, whether that's reducing fuels that are near your house um, and taking those to um, you know somewhere that can dispose of them rather than burning a pile when conditions are unsafe to do. So um, is really important and taking steps like cleaning out your gutter, um, even small steps like that, um, ensuring that like patio furniture um, is stored somewhere safely, ensuring that wood piles are not stored next to your house. Those things are really simple steps that you can take um, to prepare for the upcoming wildfire season. And we do understand that people, you know, want to burn um, fuel on their property. They want to mitigate that hazard. Um, but we do want to stress that doing so only when conditions are safe to do so. So like we're seeing right now where it's very dry, um, if we do get any uptick in wind, um, fires can move very, very quickly, especially in dry grass um, and can get away. So encouraging people to um, burn if they're in areas that they're allowed to, only when it's safe to do so, making sure that if they are doing an open burn, um, that they have the resources on site to contain a fire if it does start to get out of hand, um, and following our prohibition. So in those areas where the prohibition is going into effect, making sure that you extinguish any Category 2 burns um, and refrain from doing that kind of activity. Mm -hmm. All right, Alex. Well, I really appreciate you taking some time to uh, chat with us today. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me.
That's Alex Lane, a fire information officer with the Prince George Fire Center and the BC Wildfire Service. A quick note, we did record that conversation yesterday, so that Category 2 fire ban is actually coming into effect at noon today. Of course, you can follow along with all the information about fires and whatnot happening in our area over at Energetic City. Thanks to our guests, Matt Troiano and Alex Lane, for joining us today. Now, today is the National Day of Awareness for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls and Two-Spirit People, also known as Red Dress Day. In honor of the day, the Treaty 8 Tribal Association is hosting some red dress pin-making right now, a lunch at noon, and a march to follow at 1 p.m., all at the Treaty 8 office at 10233 100th Ave. The march will start from there as well. They have changed the location of that. Please note that uh, this is a, situa- a event that uh, everyone is welcome at. Now that's our show for today. Trey Lopashinsky and Jordan Prentice are the producers of Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.